Welcome to Chocolate Chat Cafe Candid Conversations, a podcast designed to give moms and women a place to have real, raw, and authentic dialogue, all while helping build a thriving business and a life of joy and freedom. Hi, I'm your host, Tamara C. Gooch, founder and CEO of Pink Pearl LLC, certified master life and business coach, international best-selling author, and transformational speaker and trainer. Now, as moms and business owners, our time is valuable. That's why this show is short on time and big on action. Each episode will dive into candid conversations around various topics, ultimately learning what it means to work smarter, grow our influence, never stop learning, and flourish in business, family, and in life. So grab your drink of choice, sit back, and let's chat. So today I have the pleasure of having Mrs. Gidget A. Smith on. And Gidget Smith is the owner and clinical director of Etsa Solutions, LLC. She is a marriage and family therapist with over 15 years experience in the mental health field. She provides comprehensive mental health counseling services to adults, children, couples, and families. In addition, she's a career coach strategist that assists clients in identifying personal goals, developing leadership skills, planning career moves, in which she provides feedback on resumes or cover letters, while coaching her clients and strategizing for successful job interviews. Gidget believes in the power of resilience and human connection when overcoming adversity. Welcome, Miss Gidget A. Hello. How are you? I am doing great today. Good, good. <laughs> yes. Long day for good. <laughs> it, and and you know, I love the long days, but I also love the good days. Um, Me too. Especially when they're rewarding. So introduce yourself to our listeners. I know I gave them a short bio, but can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, as you know, Tamara introduced me. My name is Gidget Smith. I am a marriage and family therapist. Um, I have been working in the field for a, a plethora of years. <laughs> and, you know, my thing, my target is to assist people on being a better themselves, you know, being a better you. Um, I find that within um, our community specifically, black or just youth or adults you know we are always seem to have to keep things on the hush Mm. Mm. and you know and especially within the church you know when people hear that i am a christian marriage family therapist they're saying well how does that even mix yeah and and you know what i find is that you know i can't not give God glory. That would just be ashamed of me. So, you know, but when God calls you to minister to those in the church first, how that's how he started me to deal with married couples, Mm. because the fact is that we don't deal with, 
you know, hard questions, hard topics. We try to mask it. So my mission in life in general is to assist and coach those to deal with tough issues and maximize by utilizing me to maximize their marriage, their individuality, and just even if their career, you know, so dealing with tough subjects like sex, um, abuse, Mm. um, you name it, the Lord has equipped me and I am certified. I am, you have my credentials to back me up. But at the end of the day, it's to basically be exactly what my topic of today is. And that is to be transparent and real. Mm, mm, mm. You just said a mouthful right there. I know. <laughs> right there. Um, mm. Because as a Christian myself, and I ain't always been saved, not tell folks in a higher All right, let's, let's be real. You working on me daily. But right. what you see is what I've got shunned about from so many people. But it hasn't stopped me from talking about these bones that are in the closet and the lumps that are under the rug. All right. And well, we're going to hit some of those bumps today. Because I'm so glad. I am so, so glad because the the things you just mentioned um, are things that I'm that person, as you can probably tell, I don't mind confrontation. Confrontation to me is good because it gets to the root of the issue. Absolutely. Um, I'm one of those people that I'll talk about the abuse that happens in the church that people don't talk about. And the majority of the time, it happens in the church more than it happens outside of the church. But there are n- there's nothing set in place in churches to help women and some men who are being abused or right. sexually assaulted. So, oh, I love what you just said. Um, yeah, this did this get. I can see now we're gonna have to have to have a part two. Um, oh, okay. Uh, of this podcast <laughs> and and talk about those other issues. Um, so yeah, what? Yeah. yeah. What is is? I know you are a you're a therapist, but what do you feel is your life's purpose, and why are you so passionate about it through what you do? Okay. Well, I feel that my life my life passion is to really help people to find the deeper things within themselves that's either hidden or was taught to be mad to expose it so they can be a better person a better mother a better sister a better daughter a better wife yeah. Um, I find that even before I got my credentials uh-huh. that, you know, I was always the person that people would come to about certain situations and being able to assist them on the road of how to unmask the maskable. Oh, if wow. You wow. And so once I went into prayer, the Lord let me know you're a Christian. You're, he wants me to be a Christian therapist. And I just said to myself, how does that even mix? So, you know, by the leading of the Lord, he allowed me 
to, you know, um, go to a theological school, Naya College for grad, and they had marriage and family therapists. Okay. And I pursued that because, and let me backtrack and be real at the sense of how I even got there because I didn't want to listen to the Lord and I started out to be a mental health counselor. Oh, wow. And what happened was that I lost, I was pregnant at the time with my third child and she was very sick. Now, the Lord told me to be a, a marriage and family therapist, but I said, well, I've never heard of that, so I'm going to go to mental health counseling. Okay. So, um, as I was in the program and I was pregnant, I was going through different transitions with um, our child, me and my husband's daughter, and she actually died within the womb. Mm. She died. And I was seven months pregnant. And the Lord let me know right there and then after, you know, because people the people are, you know, against abortion, but we are, if anyone knows, a DNC yeah. is an abortion. It's just yeah. that you're not, it wasn't on purpose. On purpose. You, you have to go mm-hmm. through transition. Yeah. He told me to witness to a young lady. And I said to myself, how am I going to witness to anyone in this clinic? Mm. Anyways, they scheduled me to go to the hospital to remove the baby. And as I was under the influence of anesthesia, the Lord told me had to have something to die to bring life. Mm. And that life was for me to help families and mothers and wives and husbands to know how to deal with death, not to be so private, because this is something that we're taught in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, okay, babe, I couldn't find books on it, Tamara. I couldn't find, and I, and you know, I don't want to leave this out. I carried a dead fetus in my, my womb for two weeks. Mm. I never knew. And no, no, I went to the, the, they let me know my daughter had, her heart had died. Okay. But I had to wait two weeks in order for her to come out of me. Two weeks. And the Lord, I could have died. I could have died from poison. Yeah. Right? Because how can you have death inside of life? So through that, the Lord birthed in me that many people, whether they're in the church or not in the church, they're dying, but they're alive. Mm. And so that's where my passion began to birth. And the Lord let me know, in order for you to go out there and assist people, transparency has to happen. And that's why today I want to talk about relationship-wise about being transparent whether it's in friendships whether it's in marriage whether it's dealing with people on a daily basis Mm. we are taught as a society in our culture to shy away from transparency to shy away from people to not show your true self and what you have is just a whole bunch of carbon copies come on now walking around carbon copies 
within themselves. No one wants to be true about their feelings. No one, and then at the same time, we're not even taught how to be real. At all. At all. You know, you have parents that's like, no, don't tell your, nobody you know your feelings. And that's why we have walking adults who are children inside. Mm. Because no one dealt with the heart of the matter. We covered it and told them to go. Mm. Walking adults as children on the inside. I'm just going to let the listeners marinate on that one for a minute because I see them. There are some in my own family and I want to scream and grab them and shake them because I'm like, okay, what happened? What happened to you that you are almost a half a century and you still act like you wearing diapers? Mm. And that's because somewhere down the line, someone told that little girl, told that woman, man up. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Cover your feelings. Yeah. You too grown for that now. Uh Uh-huh. Don't let nobody know. Don't let nobody see you sweat. See? Hide your feelings. Hide. Mm. So then you have adults who can't even express themselves. At all. Wow. My, my, my. At all. My, my, my. Mm. So, was there something that you experienced personally that helped push you in this direction? Absolutely. As the experience I told you, a loss of a child. Uh-huh. Right? Me as a, a woman, a black woman, uh-huh. having to be raised by my mother in a single home uh-huh. and not deal with my daddy issues, right? So growing up, not dealing with the daddy issues, then having fear of intimacy and not even understanding that. Exactly, exactly. Not understanding that whether people want to agree or not, and that's fine. (laughs) Mothers are mothers. That's right. Fathers are fathers. Yes, my mother took on the quote unquote role as a father to provide for me. Yeah. But guess what? She can never be my daddy. That's right. Come on now. Somebody like, that. So whether people want to say it or not, it's the truth. It and is. then what you have is you have women. Because see, I had to learn this the hard way. I got so independent that by the time I met my husband, I had to learn that I am not every old woman. Come on. I just can't do everything. That's right. So, but we, because 
I didn't deal with the daddy issues. I didn't have a man to take care of me. I didn't have a man to say, Gidget, listen, yeah. here's, you know, $100. Don't worry about it. I didn't have a man to say, no, you're not supposed to, you know, wear your dress like that. No, That's you're supposed funny. to be loved. Yeah. And then you end up as a woman. Searching for those things. Trying to figure out, is this the person for me? Mm-hmm. Because you didn't have an example. That's right. So for me, I have always been the person to challenge people who's around me, regardless of what who you are, and ask why is the cause of what. Yes. So I had to go. So when I went into my marriage and family therapy program, it began to God began to unfold to me why people, and I'm talking all walks of life, Samara. Mm. I wasn't married at the time. I wasn't widowed. I wasn't divorced. I wasn't any of these things, but people would strategically come to me about situations and I was able to allow them to dissect the the problem of the matter, the root of the matter, Mm -hmm. so that they can flourish and be that garden, Ah. right? And so when I went into the program, I was already a marriage and family therapist before I got there, but now... I've learned how to help people in a clinical manner to see how, you know, some people don't know, oh, well, this root came from this and that came from that. Exactly. And a lot of people are walking around and they got root hurt. Okay. Mm. So they're busy trying to look at the flower, but their root is rotten. And then it comes out in different kinds of way. It can come through low self-esteem. It can come to doubting yourself as, am I right? Am I wrong? Can I do this? Because we didn't deal with the root of the matter. So as a, as a, as a little girl, even though my mother told me I was beautiful, I was seeking for a man to tell me I was beautiful because my mom always told me that. And that's because I didn't have a father in place to tell me that I was beautiful. To affirm you. So I had to learn that one, I had to learn confidence. And that came the hard way because I didn't have a a, a family setting that um, dealt with the hearts of the matter. And I had to figure some things out because guess what? Our parents could only do as much as they know. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? And there's so many families out there that are walking around with root heart matters that's coming through their adulthood and they don't even understand it. Mm. And those roots and are right. all because all because people are not real and they're not transparent about what is really going on. Mm. Now, you touched uh, a lot that I know for a fact affects a lot of African-American communities. Absolutely. As you stated, we were in the African-American community, and, and like you said, people can argue this if they want to, but I know it to be true because I thought about going into the field that you are in but I kept saying "Mm -mm, I'm not even doing that 
because everywhere I went, people would sit next to me and I'm thinking, all these open seats, why are you sitting right next to me? But then they would just pour their hearts out and I'm thinking, that's it. Okay, Lord. Um, I understand. I'm looking for somebody to talk to about my issues, but why they sitting next to me? And I'm consoling them. So, Mm -hmm. but the issue of in the African-American community, we are told to be strong, especially the yes. women. You be strong. Mm-hmm. Go in the bathroom, mm-hmm. come out, wash your face, come on out, and you act like nothing happened. All right. You make sure you have skin like Teflon because you can't let anything penetrate because you have to put up the front like you're okay. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is what I feel and what I know to be true. So many black families. I can't even be politically correct on this. So many black families need to go to therapy. Yes. And I'm so glad you said that because I find that when people meet me, they're like, wait a minute, you're black. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because, you know, um, there's also that fear. My 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 cultural background is, is Jamaican. And within the West Indian cultures, just like the, the black culture too. Yeah. You know, you have to be strong. You have to match. You have to cover up. You cannot release um, secrets and stuff like that. And you have so many people walking around in grave clothes, duct tape, or we want to get gorilla glue involved <laughs> on the lips not to share your feelings That's and right. they're in pain. Yeah, constant. Constantly. Mm. And then then what happens is that I don't know if you heard the saying, hurt people hurt okay. people. Yes. Ooh. So you have a whole bunch of people hurting people because they have never identified their deep rooted hurt from the beginning. Mm. And that's why if the communities were to be transparent. Yes. And be real. Yes. Have openness, have communication and accountability. Yes. Okay, because you can't pour and you don't have accountability too. That's right. That's right. So when you have all of these stuff, but you it's all boggled up, that's why it's important for us to have you know, um, um, connections, and then rightfully so, we're not even in our community where people talk about mental health, as you stated, or therapists. That's right. To be honest with you, I remember, I remember one of my Caucasian sisters said to me, prior to me joining my program, she said, Gidge, um, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She said, have you ever been to therapy? And I said, no. She said, wow, because I was taught when I was little to go seek help. Mm. Now look at that right there. Wow. So so that let me know right there. I had to let her know, well, within our culture, we're taught to cover your mouth and walk. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, so now for her to say that to me, that, oh, I was taught to go see somebody from help a long time ago. Mm. Now we, let's 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 fast forward to look at these stars, mm. right? These 
the stars, when you look at it, whether people want to face it or not, Caucasian people be like, yeah, I'm going to rehab. In a heartbeat. Black people, we like this. We hide in our, our faces. We don't want people to know we're going to try to get help. Right. That's right. That's right. Right? So, so you know, so naturally I said, you know what, God, I don't, I want my daughters, even now, you know, um, my book that is going to come out, um, conversations with my daughters mm. it's about how to deal with and that can go for sons too so for those who have sons it's having conversations it's candid conversations with my children that I've had that to deal with tough subjects because you have people who are out there who children don't know about sex that's right they're learning from and I'm not talking about the act of sex so I'm just talking about sex in general yeah. They don't know their body. Too many times you have parents or or teachers or, or, or whomever who's influencing your own children. Why? Mm. We're depending, we get upset that we don't want um, schools to talk about sex to our kids, but yet we are, we're not doing it at home. Mm. Mm. We don't want to talk to our kids about death, but yet they go to the funeral. Yeah. We don't want to talk to our kids about rape, but yet they hear it on the TV. Mm. We don't want to talk about incest, but yet they hear that the brother and sister are kissing each other in the closet. Mm. We don't we don't want to address tough issues. And I, I started to write this book because my, my daughters are very, very candid um, daughters. They're very strong-willed. And they would ask me these questions. Mm. You know, people. You know, they said, "Mom, why, why did that person commit suicide? Mm. That's our family member. Do I run away and hide and not talk about the mm. suicide? Mommy, how come, um, you know, my great aunt? How come this person died? How does that happen? You know, what is that? You know, is the afterlife real?" Mm. It's got, you know, having conversations with my daughters. And so it would always end up, you know, even my daughters, I tell people, I do sex education with my daughters since they were two years old. And they would look at me like, what are you talking about? I said, because I don't tell my daughters. One day I'll give you an example. My mom happened to, um, she was staying with us. And... Um, my daughter yelled out at four years old, my oldest. She said, Mommy, I, I made sure that I cleaned my clitoris. My mother almost dropped. <laughs> she almost dropped. And I said to her, she said, Get your she You told her about that? I said, Yes. Yeah. And get, I said, Because if I don't, if someone touches my daughter, I want her to know exactly what they touch. That's right. So that they can come and tell you. Exactly. Mm. And then let me give you a little joke on the side. So as she turned about mm, eight years old, she said, Mommy, you told me about all the parts of my body and what they do. So what does the clitoris do? I said, well, honey, when you get married, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, and that's how I table it with her. That's you right. Know? She asked me, 
how come she has three holes? I said, one is to pee, one is to use the bathroom, then, you know, to, to um, pool or what have you. And the other one we'll talk about when you get older. Right, that's right. Because I, I don't want, I have to be transparent on my child so she's equipped as that's a woman. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's stuff that, that's stuff that, communities don't want to talk about. I remember teaching at LaGuardia and grown women didn't know they had two holes on their vagina. They didn't know. I was confused. Grown women thought that the the, the same hole that they gave birth to is where they, they pee. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. So this lets me know people are not transparent. They're not. And they're not equipped. And this and then what you lead is a society, a generation, a culture that is shunned, that mass, mm. and walking around with root hurt. Mm. All because you couldn't sit down and tell your child, listen, like for an example, my daughter asked me about my parents. My parents were divorced. And she said to me, mommy, what's divorce? Why people don't honor God? Mm. He said you're supposed to be married. And I simply said to her, listen, you know, I said, Liz, and Rachel was with her. So I said, Liz and Rachel, let me just bring both of y'all together so I can say this one. Mm-hmm. I said, people, when they get married, no one plans when you walk down the aisle, you profess your love to one another. No one plans on divorce. That's right. I said, I just want you to understand that. Because I don't want you to think yeah. that all because, of, you know, your grandparents got a divorce, yeah. that, you know, that's something wrong. I said, things happen where people have situations where they just either can't agree or there's some things, some hurts that cannot ever go back on turn. Exactly. And so they have to separate themselves so they can, too, become better people. Yeah. What I did right there, I just let my daughter know that if she decides, which I pray she doesn't have to go through that pain. That's right. But if she decides to do that, she has to be a healthy individual. That's right. Even without that person. Yes. Because what you happen to have is that you have men and women who get a divorce, but they never dealt with the issues within their divorce. They get divorced, they separate, and they become two unhealthy people because they right. never dealt with the issues. And then you hook up with somebody, it whether it's you know, sexual or mental, mm. and you didn't deal with what you did wrong. And then you not even know that you transfer that to your next relationship. Come on now. And then you have a second divorce because you still didn't deal with the issues of yourself within the the marriage. Mm. So even when I would speak with men, my clients who are men that that are divorcees, you'll be surprised that how much when a man is in divorce, a lot of times we say the women mm. because we're more vocal about it. Yeah. But men, I find 
with my clients, they have a harder time to recruit than a woman. Yeah. And that can possibly be one, a woman finds another man to love on them, we're open to our open heart. Mm-hmm. We have people, we have friends who, we have even advertisements of opening up love, and they always show a woman yeah. to be open to love again. Whereas a man, it's like their heart cannot be prepared because they don't understand their own feelings uh-huh. and how to communicate the hurt that they felt in their marriage. That's it. They don't know how. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. And so it goes all the way back to childhood. What is the languages of when circumstances happen in your life? How are you taught to deal with it? That's right. Are you taught to project? Oh, that's your problem. That's not mine. Mm-hmm. You did that to me. Without dealing with your own self. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, you disrespected me. Right? That, that causes somebody to come back at you versus, you know, when you introduce some, that person and you didn't introduce me, I felt disrespected. Yeah. And I feel angry about it. Mm-hmm. Vocalize. Because then now it's not about the person. That's right. You're you're recognizing your That's own emotions. Right. That's right. You're speaking about it. You're That's being right. transparent about it. And now that person, whether or not they agree or not, you spoke your truth. But too many people are out there going and just projecting and thinking that's how you solve a relationship. Mm. Mm. And that's not how it goes. Wow. You can't do it. Wow. And so I just say to people all the time, you have to get to the place where you can have true freedom and be transparent. Transparency is like a currency of trust. Yes. Period. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a currency of trust. And if you don't have that trust, you cannot go, you cannot have a fruitful relationship. No, you can't. You know what I'm saying? You, you just cannot do it. Mm-mm. And and uh, and a lot of times people how can I say this as humans um, we we naturally don't know how to hold grace and truth together in the same hand mm. wow that was that was powerful you, you we, we don't and so when people you think about it when people get honest about their lives what people tend to do tomorrow they're like uh oh Talking too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let me just go take a step out. Uh huh. And it's 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 sad because people don't realize that if you're not real, if you don't come from real conversation, have real influence, and being able to accept 
your truth and who you are, not who you want the person to be, uh-huh. then you're living a fraud life. Yes. You know, because in the society that we're in right now, we choose correctness over kindness. Mm. Wow. Wow. We can say that we we have gotten to a place in society that we don't even feel we can be genuine in a relationship with people or with even within our community. Fakeness has become acceptable. It, it's, it's become ex, an acceptable thing. You, you know, I hear about, you know, these young ladies who 